to WP Tonic, episode 28. Today, Jonathan and I have Patrick Rowan from WooCommerce. But before we get going and talk to Patrick, we got a quick request. We want you to go out to WP Tonic, that's WP-Tonic. We want you to go to subscribe on iTunes and subscribe, of course, so you can listen to it in your iPhone or your whatever, whatever, whatever smartphone you have, primarily the iPhone. But while you're there on the website, please go into iTunes and give us a rating. Really appreciate it. And we hope you enjoy the shows. We know we're growing and uh, we've had some excellent guests and some good product as well as good topic. And our topic, really, this is the conclusion today of the process of developing membership sites. And from WooCommerce, of course, we've got Patrick. And Patrick's a, is a developer from WooCommerce? Uh, product manager. Product manager. Yeah. Ooh, even higher. I'm like so outclassed here. You know, Jonathan is... Patrick, FYI, Jonathan doesn't realize it, but he's really my WordPress coach. He's been beating me with whips for like 18 months now. <laughs> right. Well, Patrick. Yeah, right. so, I'm, I'm English. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hi there, Patrick. It's yeah. great to have you on the show. So I thought we'd start with, you know, um, you informed me that WooCommerce are going to be producing a new plugin around membership. And maybe you can tell us a bit about that. Yeah, well, let me just, I mean, so we already have um, groups for WooCommerce, which does basically integrates with the groups plugin, which is free on WordPress.org. And that works totally fine because you can restrict content with it. But we wanted to make one that's a little bit easier to set up because groups is, re- is really modular. And we wanted to make one that's sort of, you have a product, you add them to a membership level, you and then on your you know on a page that is restricted, you just say limit it to this group. We just want it to be a lot easier, so we're making an actual membership plugin, and um, it's going to have stuff like content dripping and all sorts of membership features that aren't built into groups itself. So that's been in development for a few months by the fine folks at Skyverge, and it'll be done I don't know probably the next month or two. All right. I'm sorry, I didn't plug in my computer, which I'm attempting Didn't to plug do. in his computer. When we've been up, Patrick, it's one of those days. You know, Jonathan, he's got an excuse. He just came back from Las Vegas. Was it last night? Yeah, it was. And uh, I'm running out of power because I didn't plug in my <laughs> <laughs> Okay, time out. This is live. You know, we do not cut the actual video you're there seeing now. But we may, we may just cut it out of the the podcast. No, that's fine. Um, sorry about that, Patrick. So basically, um, what you know, it's a difficult one because it does the job. So basically, is it the main reason for this new plugin is the kind of the process of setting it up? You're just streamlining it, and you, or is there some also additional core functionality that you're adding to the new plugin? It, it's both. Um, I do a lot of user testing and it takes 16 clicks to sort of set up groups for WooCommerce, you know, between Ooh. creating a product and creating a group and getting the right privileges to the group and it works, but it's 16 clicks and we can probably salt make, make it half of that, which will help our users. It, it sounds so, like, it sounds like something I use that I can't really, I don't want to say their names cause it's negative, but sometimes it's called an confusion, something confusion. I can't say it. I don't want to say, I don't want to say soft. 
<laughs> I think we know what he's talking about, Patrick. I, I'm I not too so. sure. I don't want to get in trouble, but I'm committed to you. Very puzzled, like me, Patrick. Um, so I just don't know how much the, you can say. Of the function, infusion of the functionality yeah. of the new functionality. Are there any key bits that you think you're most excited about? So I've, uh, I guess one of the, I mean, I, as I mentioned in the beginning, I think content dripping is just exciting, right? I mean, as, as a content creator, you don't want to give away all of your stuff, have someone download all of your articles on day one and then stop being a member on your site. So you, you can, of course, prevent a lot of that by, con you know, releasing so much content per day. Uh, and uh, it's something that Chris Lemmel wants. So there, it has to be good. Oh, well, it's, it, you know, you just got to do what you want, haven't you? Uh, <laughs> um, so when, when do you think this new plugin is going to be um, launched then? Any ideas at all, Patrick? I know. Uh, I'm probably going to see a beta copy in my hands probably by the end of the month, so sometime in March, sometime in March, and then probably go through a couple rounds of revisions and probably get it done April. So maybe if we're lucky, April. So will this plugin you will it be so that um, that if you just were doing a membership you could just use it as a standalone plugin and then at some time you wanted integration with WooCommerce it's there is that also correct? Uh, it does so it does require WooCommerce, oh, um, right. but of course WooCommerce is free. So I mean yeah. it does, but it uses the whole order system and it uses. There's a lot of functionality built into WooCommerce that it uses. So it does require that, but you don't have to have a store, right? I mean, you don't have to have any products in your store other than your membership products, whatever those are. Um, but that's kind of exactly why we created it is, you know, if you ever want to sell a T-shirt or a book bag or, you know, related course materials for your memberships, then it's really helpful to have e-commerce baked in. Yes. So that's the WooCommerce plugin, correct? Yeah. So WooCommerce does all the e-commerce stuff. You know, not, I know, yeah, but not not a, not a child theme or a, a theme, right? There's no WooCommerce theme, correct? No, it's just a plugin. Right, right, right. So um, that sounds great, actually. Um, as we were discussing in the other shows, Patrick, you know, um, what has become obvious is that if you're looking to develop a membership site, you've got enormous quality choices uh, in the WordPress um, area, you know, that, that, you know, um, all the plugins that we, um, we've looked at, we looked at over eight and that, none of them, all of them are pretty good, you know, very good. Um, so have you got any advice? Cause you, you know, if somebody's thinking of, um, hiring a developer before they go down that, what the key things they've got to think about when they're looking at a plugin. And you got any advice about how they should make a rational choice? Because it's got to the stage where you really, um, for you to make a choice, it's really li more linked to your specific requirements rather than finding a really good WordPress membership plugin. Right. And I, I don't, first of all, I don't think there is a best membership plugin. You know what I mean? There's just so many choices and they're all good at different things that it is about figuring out what you need and then picking the right one from there. Uh, I would, I would, there's a couple things that I think can really narrow down the field. So if you ever want to sell physical products or downloadable products or anything else in addition to your membership, 
you want to have an e-commerce thing baked in. And let me just give you an example. I'm, I love audible.com, right? Cause I can download ebooks right. every month cause I'm a subscriber, but I can also buy a book, an extra book anytime I want an audible.com. So on that, right. if you want to have that type of membership, then you need to have e-commerce. If you just want to have like protected content, then you need to look at, start looking for other ways to narrow stuff down. Um, I mean, one of the things is like payment gateways, right? There's only, you know, Stripe only works in so many countries. Uh, and right now, I mean, it, it's, I don't, it probably covers, I know they have betas in a lot of countries, but it's not fully released in a lot of countries or you're stuck with PayPal and a lot of people don't want to use PayPal. So you need to look at all the payment gateways. Right. There's, um, I, I'm a big fan of letting people upgrade and downgrade their subscriptions and some membership plugins aren't very good at that. So take that into account. If you're going to have multiple levels, you really want to have, you know, you don't want to force someone to quit the membership and then to rejoin as a different level, right? You want to have, give them some way to, switch membership levels and also to prorate it, right? So if you switch midway through the month, you know, try to find something that'll allow you to prorate up or down. Um, those, are the, those are the big ones that I think about when I think about membership stuff. Um, content dripping is a good feature. There's, you know, there's, I, I would also try out all the plugins, right? Because as I said before, WooCommerce and groups and groups for WooCommerce, when you combine those three, it works, but it's 16 clicks, right? You don't want to do that for every page you want to protect. Um, so try things out. Yeah, and I think also, I don't know if you agree with this, Patrick, there is a lot, there are some nice articles and resources around the, some of the features. You now We do some, there's a number of other um, blog posts, videos, and you'd be well advised as an owner of a website to go and look at those three resources and really do some education before you dived in to a particular plugin. What do you feel about that? Are there any particular resources that come to mind that you would kind of send somebody to? Yes. I, um, Chris Lemma has an excellent oh, yes. WordPress.tv talk. Uh, that says like the, I forget exactly what it's called, but I think it's like the top eight membership plugins he uses. And he goes through each, basically each of the features I just talked about and a few more and says, these five do this really well. These three don't. And the next slide, all right, these five integrate with Stripe. These don't. And then you can look at these eight features and see which ones meet your requirements. We'll have uh, that link on the show notes. That's, that's an excellent Clip. He has he has excellent. produced a lot of material around membership sites, yeah, hasn't he? Excellent, excellent. That's that's uh, a really good point. So, um, I think I think are there any things that come to your mind, Patrick? You know, you, obviously you've been involved with this new plugin. So, were there? Um, do you are there any kind of fundamental pitfalls around running a membership site that you think that people got to be aware of as well? Um, so I'm going to take a step back with this one. I think a lot of people think that membership sites are just magical and people randomly subscribe and pay you $30 a month, which, um, doesn't happen. Like, you know, we have that, if you build it, they will come mentality. And I think, I think before you figure out exactly, you know, before you plan your website down to the T, you should just get your website up and running and add membership later. Like just 
start putting out content, maybe sell a product here or there, or I think you need to figure out your business model slowly. I don't think you can, I don't think you can start a brand new membership site if you don't already have experience with membership sites. And if you don't have any experience, you just have to build it up really slowly and figure out what you need. Yes. Jonathan, let me break in for a second because that's the concept I have with the folks I work with. My primary clients, politicians, which are a little different, but they do have a way that they have a membership for their own volunteer group, things of that nature. But talking to people, if you're going to sell something, don't try to sell a million dollars tomorrow. Just start, I got a guy with purses. Buy 20 purses and just get them going. He's been, two years he's been building his website. Yeah. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you get people through that? How do you get that, that they've got to start getting their business going and not just try to perfect it? That is, if you can answer that question, you can probably make a million dollars. If you can honestly answer that question and get anyone to press the go button. Uh, uh, one of my first e-commerce sites, it took them over a year to launch. And that was a year of revenue that they could have right. actually done something with. And they just kept talking about, oh, we should use authorized.net, not site. Yeah. Like that really, <laughs> is it worth thousands of dollars of revenue changing this, tweaking the shipping costs here, tweaking the contact form, like just get out the door, start, you know, make a dollar on day one and then figure it out from there. And, you know, start small and then move as fast as you can. I, I personally also sell software in addition to my day job at WooThemes. And my first year selling software, I made $400, which is, you know, not much, right? Right. Um, but now it is significantly more than that, but I had to start somewhere. And I wouldn't, and it took, it took probably a year to get going to actually make decent money doing that. Right. Jonathan, uh, you, you've got a great quote. It always takes longer than you think, right? But you got to start. Well, I think everything on the internet, um, I think that it is a balance, isn't it, Patrick? You, you, you've got to have a viable product or a viable website. Mm. You've got to get there. But then um, it grad, you gradually build on those foundations. And if you, it's working on foundations that are good enough to build on that you've got to spend a little bit of time on. But don't think it, it will, it's never finished uh, online mm-hmm. presence, is it, Patrick? It's a, it's an ongoing process, isn't it? Because we're dealing with a lot of factors that are changing quite rapidly, aren't they? Definitely. No, I don't think anything that I touch is ever done. No. So, so what was the basic, you know, you must have, you know, of, you sat down with your developers at Woo Themes and you looked at your present solution and it's a very competitive sector. So, and you've got many things that WooCommerce can spend its time on, you know, because, you know, you've got your, you know, you've got your canvas, you've got your theme side, you've got your WooCommerce. So what, what led the, the decision that internal resources were going to be spent on bringing out a new plugin. So, so good question. Although I'm, I have a cheeky answer. Um, so a lot of this was actually spearheaded, and I by Skyverge. You, they are a third-party developer that sells some stuff on our site. So they've mm-hmm. actually made a lot of the payment gateways. We have a core WooCommerce development team of three people plus a designer plus myself. So like you can't create wow. 300 
plugins with five people. Like that's, you just can't, right? Unless they're all one line plugins. Um, so we have some third parties like Skybirds that help us out and they recommend, they, they said, hey, we want to build a membership plugin. And I said, yes, we can definitely use an improvement there. You guys go for it and I will be here as a sounding board uh, and I will do all the beta testing and I will do all this for you. But if you guys want to build it on your time and sell it through us, awesome. That's really interesting, Patrick, because um, that's one of the um, – if you're a member of the WordPress community, you get used to this. But as an outsider, especially if you're using more traditional software, software as a service, or um, that WordPress – is a kind of you know if you're going to get real strength in a particular sector of WordPress, having third-party developers that work with you is quite crucial, isn't it? And it's it's a little bit unusual compared to more traditional software building where it's more of a kind of um, joint enterprise and WooCommerce it gets its market strength not only from having a great core product but from the quality of its third-party developers. Absolutely. I, the, I think the thing that a lot of people miss out on is like WordPress is going global, right? Like more and more people are going to start using it in all these different countries. And there's only 40, I think 45 people on the WooThemes team. So that's at most 45 countries we can cover. You know, if we don't have if we don't have someone in Poland, a Polish developer can build a payment gateway for us, or can do if someone in Germany can do the German shipping extension for us. Whereas if we had to do that internally, we wouldn't even know that those things existed. You know, we don't have anyone in New Zealand. We don't even have anyone in Australia. So, like, we would you know how would we know which payment gateways to build and which shipping gateways shipping methods to build? So it, it's really really helpful for us. So um, how, because it is related to the uh, membership, because, um, so you've got these third-party developers and they're crucial, but how, but obviously with every benefit, there can be a non-benefit. It's a bit like um, darkness and light, isn't it? Uh-huh. Um, so you've got third-party, but how do you keep the quality consistent? Because if there's a major problem, it should be the third party, but they're also, it's going to affect WooCommerce branding and reputation, isn't it? Oh, oh definitely. Um, so we're not a traditional marketplace where anyone can show up and just start selling things. Everything goes through either me or the head of product at WooThemes. So everything is looked at by several people within WooThemes to make sure that it's solid and not going to break and doesn't have a terrible user experience uh, and all that stuff. If there is a bug, and by the way, there's on four, WooCommerce is on 400,000 websites, I guarantee you there is a bug conflicting with one plugin or someone's hosting settings somewhere. There, I don't think we've ever released a product that doesn't have one bug that doesn't conflict with something. Yeah. Um, then it's that third party's responsibility to handle it. Uh, boy, when we first got started, we kind of accepted anyone. And over the last couple of years, we've been a lot more selective about who we work with. So if you don't respond, so if we report an error to you, like, hey, this, there's a bug when it, on a Windows hosting system, you need to fix it. And if they don't get back to us, then they probably, you know, then we'll probably buy the extension from them and manage it ourselves or, or something. Jonathan, Patrick, I want to dive deeper into that. A lot of our, my interviews are about the people, the person, and how they got to where they are. But you just mentioned something, how you select someone in the for- other countries, how you put these teams together. How did you get involved with WooCommerce? 
I built several WooCommerce sites and I was on their newsletter and they said, in one of their newsletters, they said, hey, we're looking for support people. So I started all the way, I don't say all the way down at the bottom because that implies they're like lower. Um, but I mean, I started like talking to customers, right? You know, face to face, right. email to email, um, talking to customers, figuring stuff out. And then I moved to the dev team and then I moved to the product manager role. And your education, what's your education? I know you have a lot of your college was a college in uh, computer science or was it, I know your dad's in, in computer science, right? No, no, I think it was. Okay. Um, so my dad does political science. Oh, poli sci. Okay. But, uh, very different. That's right for you, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. A little bit of that little, that's our, the local candidates. I am in state. I never liked computer science. I never liked hardcore computer science, right? Like I, so I, I'm, I have my majors in information science, which is kind of computer that's, science. That's what I, that's what I remember. More, yeah. A little yeah. bit more design, a little bit more other stuff, um, which was the right mix for me. Cause I skipped like mach- learning machine languages, which I don't care. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, well, my background's very similar. My attitudes are very similar to you, Patrick. Yeah, I, you know, um, the internet was perfect for me because it's a bit of a hybrid, isn't it? It still is to some extent. It's a very difficult thing. You need to know a certain broad, but you can really be too broad. It's, but it's difficult, isn't it? Um, so I think we covered some of, but I think, um, I think you got to do, you got to do some education around membership. You got good resources and then you got to work out. Um, I think there's a balance where you don't want to go too deep because I think you actually got to run the membership site mm-hmm. to know some of these things. But there's some. There's you should be aware of some crucial things like, like what you said, um, gateway providers. There's no point in buying a plugin if it really can't work with your gateway that you want <laughs> to work with. That that. Mm-hmm. That's a major problem, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And if there's something that you've seen on some other membership site that you really, really want, you've got to make sure that your WordPress plugin can actually do that if you if your heart's really kind of because there's no point in blaming the developer that's working with you if it can't fundamentally do that. And that's the same with the developer. You know, you've got to make sure that when you're giving a specification from a client, that the plugin that you're choosing for that client, it actually can do the requirements, isn't it? So I think yeah. we have... Can I just add one thing onto that? Yeah. I, I guess I think it's really important for you to have these discussions like with the developer. Like I don't, because you can go off, like if you if your first step is wrong, then like the developer might be able to correct it here and then you can keep going. But if you think through your whole strategy without a developer, then, and then at the very end, he's like, Oh, but you can't do this thing right here in the beginning. Then you're going to, you know, run into some problems. Yes. And, um, so how, um, how customable, um, custom, you know, how develop, now there's a kind of, some of the plugins we looked at, are very kind of orientated to the developer if they need, um, they offer a certain level of customization, but then they offer hooks and filters, and you've got to really know, you're, you've got to be more of a developer type. Others offer a lot of option screens, 
where you don't have to be a developer, but you end up with a lot of option screens and you're, you, you end up with an interface that you don't have to know about your hooks and filters, but it also has a level of comp- being complicated with low. So what direction did this new plugin go? Do, is it more aimed at the developer where you've got to know your hooks and filters or that, you know, where was the balance there? And was there a conversation around there? Good point, good question. So first, let me say we are, huh, we, we were one of the first big theme companies in the theme space. And if you've looked at Canvas, especially an older version of Canvas, you'll see dozens of options on the, on the settings page, right? So you can tweak this and tweak this and tweak this. And that was good at the time, but I think we're kind of evolving past there. And not, not Wootheme specifically, just the WordPress realm industry. Um, so with a lot of our, I have a, there's another plugin that is not yet released, but I built it and I'm really happy with it because all of the front end settings you do through the customizer, but you can save them to the plugin settings. So it customizes your WooCommerce email. So you click a button, it opens up a fake email, you change the background, you add a header, you add a sidebar, you change the footer color, and you press save. And you like, if you've used the WordPress customizer before, you can see all the changes live. So we're moving in that way for all of our front-end settings. Um, and then for back-end settings, we put stuff there that 80% of people will use. So if 1% of the people out there really want the setting, we're probably not going to put it in there. Um, most, yeah, most likely not. But if the vast majority of people want a setting, we're going to put it in there. And if it's not in there, we may put, sometimes we put filters in the docs. So we'll say, hey, if you want to do this, it's not on our settings page, but copy this line of code to your functions file and it'll do it for you. Um, so yeah, I, kind of, I think we have a good balance. There. I, I think you pointed out something really quite um, important and it was the way I would do it if I was in your shoes. I think you need some core functionality where you need it options but then there's a certain level where it should be in either you put it into the function file or you know something about filters and hooks um, because it's it's got it's got to a level where you probably you know I you need to know something about that to actually um, utilize that functionality because otherwise you will end up with um, a plugin that you end up with sixteen mm-hmm. screens of different options yeah. and that's not really usable either is no. it No, definitely not. Um, I. I can tell you that some of our, one of our best selling plugins is also one of the plugins that has the most support and that's table rate shipping because there are so many ways you can ship products, you know, by country, by, uh, so by destination, by weight, by quantity, by dimension, there's like a million ways and there's, it does everything it says it does, but it's just so complex that people have, you know, they send in support tickets and obviously we try to avoid that. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask before we go on to your book I just want to ask you a quick question about e- e-commerce because obviously it's a little it's a little bit off subject but being that you're so heavily involved with WooCommerce and they're such a massive player in e-commerce and WordPress and WordPress increasingly um, the situation um, is fluid um, I would suggest now that um, the main competitors to uh 
um, WooCommerce are not inside the actual community of WordPress. They're more um, online hosted solutions um, like Shopify. Um, uh, would you initially, would you agree with that statement that the main competitors are not inside the WordPress community for WooCommerce? They are hosted solutions. You know, that it, it really depends on how you define competitors. Um, if you look at the e-commerce stats, WooCommerce has the biggest slice out of any e-commerce system out there. So it's bigger than Magento, it's bigger than Shopify, it's bigger than BigCommerce. Um, and I think uh, as there's a site called builtwith.com that'll show you that, those stats. The only other WordPress plugin on there is WP e-commerce. Yeah. All the rest don't have enough market share at this time. So if you're just talking about market share, then you're definitely right where Shopify and Magento are probably the two biggest competitors. I wouldn't, I wouldn't include Magento, not because it's not a fantastic solution, but I see that as a solution for a a very large e-commerce site Mm -hmm. that had, you know, that's in the millions because Mm -hmm. I have only done a very little bit work with Magento, but I have project managed a team and it's a substantial, um, commitment to build on that platform so i'm looking at companies between let's say 200,000 and 700,000 in gross sales patrick i think in that market they're looking either at um uh, woocommerce or they're looking at a hosted solution like shopify um what I would ask you is, um, in your own mind, have you formulated what are the benefits of going with WooCommerce rather than one of the hosted solutions? Yeah. Um, and can you express what the options are? Before, before you answer that, can I just cut in for a second? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Lima, just a couple of days ago on his blog, had something I hadn't seen before. I knew that about 25% of all uh, websites are made with WordPress now. But Chris said it's moving up right now, past that 25. And last year, 50% worldwide of all websites were developed with WordPress. So WordPress is definitely gaining, continuing to gain and become the stronger winner. And he says because of its ability to adapt to more things and can outdo these standalone services and self-hosted. It's sort of like the closed system as opposed to the open system. But, and for what's worth, Jonathan, while you're gone, we had this discussion at the uh, WordPress meetup group. And it was really interesting about how open WordPress is and how much can be done with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to put no, that. No, it's fine. It's a good contribution. Go on then, Patrick. What would you say, uh, you know, if you are owner and, you know, you're looking at an upgrade and you're either looking at WooCommerce or you're looking at, you know, I'm not, I've mentioned Shopify, but there, there is about four or five similar players right. in the hosted. What, how do you, how, how does somebody make a logical choice or is, or are they all good choices and you just go with whatever you know, I think, first of all, I think they're all, I think honestly, all of them are good choices. It just depends on your needs. Um, so there are people, many people that I would never even recommend WordPress to, and I would recommend they use WordPress.com or something else that's that easy to use because based on their needs, they only need the simplest core things of having a couple pages and having a really simple contact form. In that case, I recommend WordPress.com a lot. Like, 
my partner's dad who's an auto mechanic. He doesn't need anything fancy. He just needs a logo, a couple pages, and a contact form. And I think the same is true with something like Shopify, um, where it's, it's hosted. So that means that you, know, you never have to worry about upgrades. Awesome. Things can't break. There's no plugin conflicts. But um, they only cater for 80% of the use cases, kind of like I said, right? How you, you're not going to put in every single option for everyone ever because your user interface would be unreadable. But unlike WordPress, where you can sneak a, a function in the uh, functions.php file, you can never really do that with Shopify. They do have apps, but they're, if you want to develop your own, it's probably 10 times harder than building your own WordPress plugin. Yeah. I, I think WordPress is, is ultimate flexibility. So you can use WooCommerce just as it is, and if you ever want to change something, you can. Whereas with Shopify, if you, wanted, if you want to bill someone every 10th month, you might not be able to do that. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm going to ask you, I want to get on to your book, obviously, but I just want, because it is a golden opportunity. Uh, with Shopify, and I haven't done um, a development with, because um, I've been involved in building up my own, own um, SaaS company. So I haven't been actively taking on new clients for over a year. Um, so I'm a little bit out of the loop, but I always had this dreaded conversation with um, e-commerce clients where that where it came to integrating their um, stock control with their accounting package, and especially with QuickBooks. Um, has that improved integration with shopping cart systems with QuickBooks and other similar, or is it still as as um, I'm trying to find the right words, Patrick. I'll give it up. This does say it has its certain difficulties. That's that's the way to put it. What's, yeah. what's the situation now? Is it still a little bit difficult? Uh, it, syncing inventory is still a little bit difficult, especially with something like QuickBooks. Um, there are other systems out there that I think are better yeah. than uh, QuickBooks, but QuickBooks is kind of like the standard, and it's this big name, and it's really hard to move people away from it, even if other systems have better APIs that are more reliable and, and all that sort of stuff. Is the situation a bit similar to the situation with PayPal's API system? Is it a bit like it's it's the API system and some of the difficulties that developers face with PayPal compared to Stripe. Are we in a similar, is it a similar situation? I, I wouldn't say it's quite like that. I think there's just so many settings and mandatory things that you can get wrong when setting up a QuickBooks integration. Um, just, I mean, just from our own personal experience, we don't sell a QuickBooks extension. We link to a third party who does. Yes, I noticed that. <laughs> because we're not QuickBooks expert experts. So when someone says, hey, this one thing isn't working, we're like, oh, God. Right? So that was one of those cases where we link to someone else. We don't even sell it. We recommend them because they, they, they built the integration and they, they do a good job. But um, QuickBooks itself is, is really tricky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. So the situation is still has certain stressful elements to it. There are a lot of better – there are a lot better web-based inventory syncing programs. So like if you have multiple stores, for example, there's really cool systems like Ordoro, TradeGecko, uh, and there's ones just for shipping like Shipwire and ShipStation. And they basically take all of your orders from all of your sites and merge them into one place and sync the inventory between all of your stores automatically. 
So that's cool, but it, I don't know if those work with QuickBooks. No, it was always um, it was always a tricky conversation that I tried to avoid, but you always got sucked into it. And it is a bit of a. I just thought I would ask you that because of your experience and that. So let's get on to your book then. Let's get on to the important thing, Patrick. Your book. Um, what might uh, you know? Um, I've heard writing a book is one of the, it's a bit like having your first child. You think you know what it's going to be like until you actually do it, and then you say to yourself, "Never again," and then you have another one. Uh, and then you do another book. So um, what made you decide to write a book and um, what was it about and who's it for, Patrick? So uh, I guess I'll start with why. I, um, <coughs> I read a book called Authority by Nathan Berry. And uh, it's, it, he just talks about basically how to sell a book and like all the ways you can do it. And, and basically he, he makes a lot of money doing what he's doing and he dispels a lot of myths. And so I thought, hey, he made, wrote this ebook that was like 100 pages long and it sounds really easy. So um, I started writing something, but found it difficult to do writing and marketing. I'm not a marketer. Like I just, I don't want to write newsletters. It's not, it's not my thing. Uh, so I found it difficult. And then a publisher reached out to me through a connection. So they said, hey, Patrick, someone recommended you know, we want to have this book written. Someone recommended you. And so when a publisher knocked on my door, I, that doesn't happen every day. Right. So I had to take it. So it's a, it's called the WooCommerce cookbook and it's um, being published by packed, uh, packed publishing, which is P A C K T P U B dot com. And it's, it's like a hundred recipes of things you do in WooCommerce. So like how to add a simple product and, yeah, the, their cookbooks are always been pretty good. So, what's it been like to work with a editor and a, a a team? Well, when I was trying to go the self publishing route, I used this amazing software called um, Scrivener, oh, and yes. it's like, yeah. oh, so good. I mean, if you want to write a fiction book or you want to self publish, recommend Scrivener. Unfortunately, the publisher. I mean, I, I just feel like you know, publishers are not the most technologically savvy industry. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they have, they send me special, specially documented formatted word files that I have to use. So I can't use this nice application yes. I just got. Um, but they do a lot of good stuff for me. So they got three technical editors for the book. Um, not to mention they have two of their own guys that just do general grammar and stuff like that. Um, so they've helped me out with all that. And of course, they're selling it themselves. They're marketing it themselves. They're doing all of that. I'm just writing. I'm writing. I chose the cover image. I wrote the sales page. and That's about it. Yeah, and you're, you're doing it. I always think when you just got one at the most, two, two joint authors, uh, when it comes to technical books, when it's got multiple authors, I think that becomes a problem. But being that you're the main mind behind it and your experience, it's going to be a fabulous book. Um, and those cookbooks, I, I've read, I've bought some of theirs around WordPress and they've been useful um, because it's it's handy to have a book that's good. You know, there's always kind of little key areas that yeah. you can do, do a Google search and you find contradictory advice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you have to waste a lot of time. It's just handy to have a book that's got – and it's from somebody that's got experience of the main pain areas, and you can write the most effective solution, can't you? Yeah. I am 
you know, I think the thing I get most out of the book though is not like, it's nice because it's, so it's a cookbook. So you can like flip through it, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like a chronological thing. You don't have to read 200 pages. You can just yeah. flip to the section you want. My favorite thing though, are like the little info boxes that says like, Hey, by the way, if you're sending up PayPal, you don't have to fill in this field, but if you do, your order notifications are going to be more reliable. Now people fill out the field. Like I, I love those little, those little snippets yeah. uh, are totally worth it for me. So yeah. what, what do you go into and what's more detail? You just give an example. Give us a few more examples. Um, so I, so I guess my other, one of my other favorite tutorials, cook recipes yeah. in the book is um, like how to add social media icons to your product pages. And by default, Jetpack can do that, right? Jetpack by mm-hmm. WordPress.com can do that. But it's kind of in an awkward place. So I do all that. And at the very end, I have a snippet that's like four lines long that takes them out of that place and puts them right here, which is a lot, you know, everyone can see it's above the fold. Um, yeah. What works? Like, You've always done some AB testing. So I, I think stuff like that helps. Yeah. Good. All right. And Patrick, I think we're getting close to the hour. Um, so, oh wow! I've, I wasn't even paying attention. This is a we've gone over actually. Sorry it's about that. Gone a bit. So usually, um, Jonathan, man, this is going to be a lot of editing here. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm sorry, but we had I, to take a vote. I didn't even know. It's usually go about thirty minutes. We're at forty-one minutes. Wow, yeah. good, good, yeah. so, good interview. Um, so, Patrick, how can people? What's what's the best way to um, see what you're up to and contact you? What's the best methods to doing that, Patrick? I think the best way is probably just on Twitter. I mean. I'll respond to any tweet you guys send me. So it's, and I'm at BF trick. So B F T R I C K on Twitter or my website has like a hundred WooCommerce articles on it. And that's speaking in bites.com. That's great, Patrick. I, I've really enjoyed that conversation. And I think um, you're giving some insights about WooCommerce, what they're up to. And you're, um, I think it's been great. Thanks. Awesome. Patrick. Thank and, you so much. And one last thing. I always have to ask a last question, two last questions. Well, I like to tell you, tell folks where you're coming from today. What? I am in sunny and snowy Denver, Colorado. Yep, some good snowpacks. I just had friends come over from skiing. Good, good time of year. You got a lot of snow compared to us here. We got a high here. And then finally, when you're when you're all done and you had a good day, you got your money rolling in your background. What's your favorite food? <laughs> what's my favorite food? Yeah. Oh. I have to go with peanut butter. I just, I, oh, I have good. peanut butter and jelly like every day. Cause you can just work all the time that way. Can't you just keep on working? Yeah. It's uh, so good. I feel like I'm still in elementary school, but whatever. I oh, it, it doesn't matter. Not you, all right, Jonathan, Patrick. I'll let you finish it up because I'm going to, I'd ask a political question next. Like yeah, what's going to happen in 2016 election? Got to go back to making WooCommerce more money. Haven't you, Patrick? You know? I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> well, thank you. It's been <laughs> a pleasure. Thank you guys. Voila.